0: Amen. Well, good evening. It is great to see you guys tonight. The first time we've done two candlelights, and what a good crowd tonight. We are honored that you are here. And afterwards, there's still a lot of cookies and uh, hot chocolate, so please help yourself and enjoy it. All right, gift time starts tomorrow and uh, Tuesday. I said this, asked this morning how many people like gifts, and my church members are like, how many of you like gifts? You like getting gifts? Amen. Look at you tonight. See, now you're getting closer to Christmas and you better be honest or Santa Claus and God may not show up at your your doorstep. There was a dumb man several years ago whose wife had always wanted a sports car. She'd grown up poor. She'd, you know, like many of us, she'd never had a new car, I'd always get used cars, used car. And when they were in their early 50s, they, they had some money, and she said, I want for Christmas a sports car. I want a car that'll go from zero to 200 just like that. I want something that's going to go to zero to 200 just like that. He said, you are a 50-year-old woman. A, a dragster goes from zero to 200 in seven or eight seconds you don't need a dragster she said if you know what's good for me you you get me something it'll go from zero to 200 in about eight seconds he said okay christmas came a few weeks later she ran and looked out the window expecting to see a car with a ribbon around it there wasn't a car with a ribbon around it she went to the christmas tree there was nothing under the tree and he said honey it's in the bathroom go to the bathroom she thought my husband, after 25 years of marriage, has got creative. So they go to the, she goes to the bathroom, and there's a box on the floor with a ribbon. She goes, He is really, there's going to be keys in there where the car is. And she opens it up, and on the top, there's a note that says, Step on this, and it'll go from zero to 200 in under eight seconds. It was a pair of scales. And they say that funeral arrangements are still pending several years later. There are dumb gifts to get people, amen. No, no question about it. We are uh, we're going to be in Luke chapter two this evening. We're going to be in Luke chapter two, and I'm going to I'm going to read. We're going to look at Jesus' birth and the the shepherds coming. It says in verse seven, and she gave birth to her firstborn son, and she wrapped him in swaddling clothes. We talked about that this, this morning. If you were here, they swaddle babies. They did it back then. Kind of went away from it. They've gone back to it. I suggested this morning we continue to do it through their teenage years uh, especially while they're dating they wrapped him in those and they laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the end Jesus was born in a barn when Jesus was growing up and he left the door open and someone said Jesus shut the door were you born in the barn he had to duck his head and say yes I was yes I was laid in a manger that's literally a cattle feeder we don't know exactly what the barn was whether it was like a literal barn that some of you have or whether it was an open-air corral. A lot of people think it was a cave where the animals were kept, but Jesus was literally born in a barn, and his first baby bed was a, uh, was a cattle trough. Wow. Verse 8 and 9, it says, And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night, And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were filled with great fear. You can't blame these guys. They're out there minding their business and tending the sheep. And all of a sudden, um, uh, angels appear, and the glory of God, literally the presence of God, shows up. Would that shock you tonight? You hadn't even been drinking. That would shock you tonight, wouldn't it? That would stun you, and it stunned them. The traditional shepherd's field in Bethlehem, they believe, is about a quarter of a mile from what then was a little village of Bethlehem, and that's where these guys were. Now, here's where it starts getting neat. Not not that that wasn't neat, but in verse 10, it says, The angel said to them, Fear not. Isn't it easy for an angel to tell you not to be afraid? Uh, I think it is. Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. That phrase, good news, literally means I evangelize you. I, I've got some news that's unbelievable. He says, I've got, listen to the superlatives here, I've got good news of great joy. Not just of joy, but of great, abundant, overflowing joy. And the word joy means a a rejoicing are an abundance of joy. He said, listen, I've got a message. Couldn't you love for someone to call you tonight or come to you and say, hey, I've got some great news that's unbelievable, joyful for you. Wouldn't that be wonderful? It sure would, and it was great for these guys too. And in verse 11 here, well, let me back up. He says it's for all the people. Literally all is a big word that means everybody. That means You. I mean, these shepherds, we'll see in a moment that that was significant to them. For unto you is born this day in the city of David, that's Bethlehem, a Savior who is Christ the Lord. The Roman Caesar, the king, called himself the Savior. So to call a person a Savior was a pretty big title. The name Jesus literally means God saves. And, and he said, listen, a savior, a deliverer, someone who can rescue you, has been born. I want to ask you to raise your hand. Some of us need rescue and deny, not just eternally, but we need it in some situation. And Jesus Christ is the rescuer, and he had been born. He says he is the Christ. Christ is the, the New Testament. was written in Greek, the Old Testament Hebrew. The Hebrew word was Messiah. Greek is Christ. The, the, the anointed one of God, the promised one of God has been born. They've been looking for the Messiah for a long time, said he's been born. The, the, the Savior, the deliverer. In the Old Testament, God is often identified as the Savior. So he's saying God's been born. The Messiah, the promised, the anointed one of Christ. And he says, Christ the Lord. Boy, to miss this is to miss it all. The word Lord can literally simply mean master, but it also meant he was God. Again, the Old Testament was originally written in Hebrew. My church members hear me say this several times a year normally. New Testament in Greek. and, And Jesus probably read what was called the Septuagint. It was a Greek translation of the Hebrew Old Testament. And when they would talk about God the Father in the, the Greek Old Testament, it would use the Greek word, kiros, for Lord. That God the Father is Lord. And here it's saying, the Lord God has been born. I don't know about you, that would be stunning news if you heard that it happened in Shuger tonight. Amen? <laughs> the Messiah, the Christ, the Savior, God in the flesh has been born. And look what it says in verse 12. You've got to get the humor and, uh, and the joy of God in this. And this will be a sign for you. You're going to find him in the temple, lifted up in the holy of holies with gold all around him. No, you're going to find the Savior, the Messiah, Christ, God in the flesh. He's in a barn laying in a cattle feeder. Is, that, is God not got a wonderful sense of humor? And, and listen, that's about how he's trying to identify you with you and me. Listen, the gift of Christmas is Jesus, but getting the gift of Jesus is a multitude of gifts, and we're going to look at three tonight. I want to tell you one Bible tidbit. You're not being Bible scholars. You won't know this. There was actually four wise men that showed up. Did y'all know that? Did y'all know that? There may have been 200, but, you know, we identify three, right, because of gold, incense, and... Myrrh, you remember that? But one of them, if we can see this on the screen, it says, unbeknownst to most theologians, there was a fourth wise man who was turned away for bringing fruitcake. (laughs) Man, I I hate to admit this. I don't hate to admit it. I actually ate some good fruitcake this year. That's an oxymoron, isn't it? Good fruitcake. I really did. Hey, I want to share with you three gifts God has for you tonight. Whether you realize you need them or not, I promise you, you do. Here's the first one, and that's the gift of love. That's the gift of love. In verse 10, it says, The angel said to the shepherds, Fear not, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people, and including the shepherds, and including you and me. Folks, in Jesus' day, shepherds had a bad reputation. They were lower class financially. They were lower class socially. But they had a reputation, and certainly not all of them were, but they had a reputation of being thieves. They stayed out in the fields at night, and sometimes they would walk into your field and get your stuff, and they would walk to another field with your stuff. They were were not considered reliable witnesses in court. If you were going to court, you did not want to bring a shepherd to testify on your behalf. Is that not interesting? Many shepherds were under what was called the rabbinic ban. In other words, the, the, the religious leaders of the day, not Jesus, the religious leaders of this day said that the, because the shepherds couldn't get to the temple and they couldn't do the hand washing and these things like they should, that they were banned from participating in religious activities. Is that not horrible? But isn't it wonderful when God is born The first people who hear the message is not the preachers or not the religious snoots in Jerusalem. It's the social and spiritual outcasts. Let me tell you one thing that said to them. God loves us. And I want to tell you this evening, some of you need to hear this. God loves you too. God loves you too. Some of you may be fully convinced that you're super special and you may not need to hear that. Many of us need to hear it. Despite our past, despite our present, God loves you. God loves you dearly. Sigmund Freud was a a famous, kind of the father of modern-day psychiatry and psychology, although most psychiatrists and psychologists have veered away from his path. Freud said one time, most people are just trash. People are not valuable. They're not good. Most people are just trash. God says you and I are sinners, but I love you despite your sin. Is that not Wonderful. God loves you this evening. I don't know how you came in this place emotionally and spiritually, but I want to give you a gift from God. God loves you. I don't know if this is true or not, but someone said that before Jesus left heaven to come to earth, the last thing the Father said to the Son was, Give him my love, Jesus. Give him my love. And I want to tell you, the gift of love, the gift of God's love for you is available this evening. You know, a second gift that goes with love that many of us need. We all need it every day, but that's the gift of forgiveness. Don't raise your hands. But how many of you need some forgiveness this evening? You do. I promise you, you do. How many of you in the last year have made a mistake since the last candlelight? Raise your hand or you just made one. You lied. We all have, haven't we? Years ago, there was a, a school, kindergartner. Do you remember, and they still made it, where, where kids actually brought presents to their teachers at Christmas? you remember that? And at this this school, the kindergarten teacher was getting the gifts, and she noticed the trend was whatever mama and daddy did, that was the gift. So the florist kid came, and she opened it up, and it's some flowers and little, some trinkets from the flower shop. The, the boy whose daddy owned the hardware store she opened it up and there's some tools for a man and a woman around the house and then the little girl whose dad on the liquor store came that's always interesting isn't it and brought a present well she noticed on the bottom it was wet so she looked at it and she asked is this wine and the little girl shook her head so she reached down there and she touched the wet spot licked it and she said is it bourbon and the little girl said no and she licked it again and she said is it rum? And she said, no. And she says, what is it? And she said, it's a puppy. <laughs> oh, that never gets old, tell her that. That is such a good word. Hey, you know what? <laughs> On a serious note, we've done that, haven't we? We've messed up. You've messed up. You've sinned. All of us have sinned. And it tells us in this story that a savior has been born. A savior has been born in verse eleven. For unto you this day a savior has been born. Listen, the Jewish people are like they're like you and me. They were looking for somebody to save them from high taxes and from Rome and for oppression and from all their problems. Jesus came to save us from something far greater than that, believe it or not, in Matthew 121, it says that Jesus came to save us from our sins. The word sin means to miss the mark with God. And I'm not pointing to you. I'll point to me. We all miss the mark with God. Some of us, we are prideful because I don't miss the mark as bad as Paul Nelson misses the mark. Amen? But you know what, friend? To miss the mark by an inch or to miss it by a mile is what? It's to miss the mark. And you can gloat on how much better you are than someone else, but you're missing it. The Bible says Jesus Christ came to offer us forgiveness. Man, how many of us need that tonight? How many of us need that second or that third or that fourth chance? To receive the gift of forgiveness, you've got to swallow your pride. It's a tough gift to receive. It really is. How many of you would have to swallow your pride Christmas morning if you opened up a present and it was a book saying how to lose 50 pounds in 2019? That would hurt, wouldn't it? No, wouldn't you? It wouldn't be. Might be true. It would hurt. What if someone got you a book, Overcoming Selfishness? Here's your Christmas present. Wouldn't that be hard to swallow? Maybe you'd need to swallow it. Friend, I'm not here to kick you, but I want to tell you, all of us need God's love and we need his forgiveness. You need that second chance, but you need that 500th chance. And Christmas is about God loving you and God offering the gift of forgiveness to you. And I want to tell you one last gift this evening, and that's the gift of peace. These all obviously go together. Rome ruled the world Jesus was born into. Rome, the Roman government was oppressive. Taxes were high. It was a military state. The soldiers could kill you as a non-Roman citizen with little... Regard and with no, it wouldn't, they wouldn't get in trouble at all. No big deal at all. They were, the Jewish people in particular were abused, they were mistreated, they were wanting God to save them from that. That's not what He came to save them from. And it's interesting, in 27 BC, a couple of decades before Jesus was born. A Roman emperor issued what was called the Pax Romana, which means Roman peace. And and this emperor, still in effect when Jesus was born, had said there will be no war at land or sea. We will will be at peace. We will not be at battle. But Epictetus, a, a great philosopher of this era, he said the Roman emperor, the king, can say that there will be no war at land and sea, but the emperor or the king cannot give me peace in my mind and my heart. That's so true. And we live in a day, right now in America, we've got more stuff and more toys than we ever have. And we need peace worse than we've ever needed it. Here's a couple of articles I've seen recently that I think are interesting. In the New York Times in June of 2017, the title of this article was, The Prozac Nation, We Are Now the United States of Xanax. If you don't know what Prozac is, it's an antidepressant. If you don't know what Xanax is, it's an anti-anxiety medicine. We need these things more than we've ever needed them. Merrick showed me an article from a book or a section of a book called I Generation" about our younger generation. But this would be true about all of us who are older and about the effects that our cell phones are having on us. And I think a lot of times we're glued to our cell phones because we're anxious and nervous and we don't want to have to interact with anybody. So we're just doing this all the time, right? Am I right? And, and this study showed that if a, if a person's on their phone or their iPad playing around for over two hours a day, unhappiness... Depression and even suicidal tendencies increased dramatically. By the way, many of us in this room are on our phones and iPads more than two hours a day because we're looking for something and we can't find it. We're looking for peace and we can't find it. News, Newsmax website had an article December 8th of this year. Listen to this. This is, this is probably important to all of us. A Swedish study showed that tomorrow night at 10 o'clock, the risk of a heart attack increases 40%. Christmas Eve, which should be one of the happiest nights of the year because we're, we're overfed, we're anxious, we're stressed, and we're fighting with family. Heart attack risks increase 40%. If we need peace, boy, we need peace. Verse 13 and 14, look what Jesus says. Part of the Christmas story. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. Let me paraphrase what this means. It means if you'll get right with God and you'll follow God and you'll stay with God, life may be real tough, but God will give you a peace in your mind and heart that nothing or nobody can take from you. God will give you a peace that you can't find anywhere else or from any place else. Isaiah says, there is no rest for the wicked, but God says, I give peace to my people. Isn't that wonderful? That word peace means an undisturbed, untroubled well-being. That's a gift. In Jesus Christ, God wants to give you this evening. Now, I want to tell you something. This may sound simplistic, but if you miss this, you miss it all. A gift's got to be received, doesn't it, Josh? They tell us every year thousands, I mean millions of dollars of gift cards are thrown away and never used. Gift card's not a a, a gift that's any good unless it's what? It's used. You can give me a $100 gift card. The chilies. if I don't use it, you did a great thing and I'm dumb, right? Millions, I mean, tons, tons of money thrown away because people don't use it. Friend, God says to you this evening, I want to offer you and my son Jesus Christ, some of you coming back to God, some of you for the first time, I want to offer you a love that you've never had. I want to offer you forgiveness that you desperately need. And I want to give you peace that money, drugs, and alcohol cannot bring you if you will receive the gift of my son, Jesus Christ. Will you receive him? Let's bow our heads. I want to give you an opportunity to. If you're a Christian tonight, maybe your prayer is just as simple as God Take back over my life. Forgive me of my sins, God, and I'm coming back to you. If you're not a Christian or if you're unsure if you're a Christian and you're ready to receive the gift of Jesus and his love and forgiveness and peace tonight, pray with me where you are. Pray with me and just say, Jesus, I am a sinner. And I want to repent of my sins. And Jesus, I believe you're God's Son and that you died and arose for me. Jesus, come into my heart and I surrender my life to you.